You're listening to the official podcast of Asbury University, produced by students with God-honoring conversations that inform, edify, and encourage. This is Asbury. We explore culture and current topics through a Christian worldview, promoting a well-balanced life, and we empower our community to belong, become, and be set apart. I'm your host, Abby Lobb. Welcome to This is Asbury. Welcome to the podcast. Today's guest is a well-loved professor at Asbury, Dr. Joy Vaughn. Why don't you tell listeners a little bit about who you are and what you teach here at Asbury? I'm an assistant professor of New Testament studies, and I teach a lot of our foundations courses here at Asbury, like understanding the New Testament, understanding the Old Testament, foundations of Christian thought. And I love what I get to do because I get to introduce a lot of our students to the biblical text and its interpretation, a real goal to help them gain knowledge about the Bible, but also to fall in love with the Jesus of scriptures and be transformed by the God we find in our text. And then beyond that, I teach courses for our Bible and theology majors. How long have you been at Asbury? I have been at Asbury as adjunct since 2013 and came on campus in 2020. Awesome. Well, so glad you're here. It's such an important topic you teach. You know, biblical literacy, as we all know, is on the decline in America and elsewhere. So such an important role that you play. Well, today we're going to talk about your book that you just wrote. This is one area that you study. I love hearing what you guys are studying because there's always something so interesting. So tell us about this latest piece of research that you've done. Yeah, one opportunity I had for a Bible and Theology major class was to teach a course on demons. And I wondered, what are we going to do with this course? (laughs) This is obviously something that's in the biblical text. We have stories of Jesus casting out demons. How do we read those stories? How are they interpreted? How can we understand them as modern readers? And I address this in my new book called Phenomenal Phenomena, Biblical and Multicultural Accounts of Spirits and Exorcism. And the book is about how do you read these texts? In other words, is it historically plausible in Jesus' own context that he really cast out demons and that people experienced healing, they experienced relief from pain and suffering, and that their lives were transformed, and then they desired to go and tell about what this Jesus did for them. So that is a little bit about what the book is about. Yeah, and I know that you just have had some funny moments since the book published. Like, I don't want to be known as the demon lady, but talk about what intrigued you about this and why you did pursue this book. I grew up in a charismatic tradition, and I'm grateful for that. In many ways, I had learned well how to experience and encounter God. I knew God's great love for myself from a very young age. And as I began to participate in theological education, I kind of found that sometimes This topic gets way out of control. (laughs) Um, And then on the other end of the spectrum, certain folks don't like to think about it at all because they don't believe in any spiritual worldview Mm. where spirits do exist. Mm. And then, you know, you have to think about, well, what about the Holy Spirit in that context? And so I thought, I wonder writing about this for an academic audience Mm. to consider that question. How can these be read? Are they eyewitness accounts that come from a historical context where all of the kind of actions are very plausible. Yeah, I think a lot of people sort of have a pop culture understanding of exorcism and, you know, all these spiritual possessions. You know, Hollywood loves these things. So from a biblical perspective, what are some of the key understandings that you want people to really grasp onto? Yeah, 
I think one thing is in our modern environment, in maybe our modern American environment, this is a conversation about entertainment. Mm. You think about a lot of the TV shows like Supernatural, yeah. or, and it becomes you know feeding on this for the purpose of entertainment. I don't mm. think the Bible was written to entertain us, right. <laughs> even though it is sometimes entertaining. I do believe that there is a spiritual world that we live in, and I'm so glad to have my life oriented around the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit dwell in me as a temple of God. But we do also have in the biblical text evil spirits that cause a lot of havoc. One of the main contributions of my book is the multicultural perspective. So I research in a lot of anthropology and in ethnographies characteristics of spirit possession. In other words, what kind of things happen to people when they experience these spirits? Yeah. And we have to think from their perspective, this is interreligious, so it's not just studies in Christianity, but all sort of major world religions and regions of the world. And the, my titles in the book are a little provocative. Uh-huh. Can I share a couple yes, of the titles? Please. Absolutely. Um, some of these were challenging to me, even in my own Western mindset, but in chapter four, I have a conversation about the title of the chapter is Spirits Make Me Sick. Wow. And huh. I found this to be in anthropological and ethnographic writings, a big thing that people consider a, a spirit would do. Now, I will confess in my own westernized thing, this isn't the first place I go. Maybe it's not the first place we should go. We should yeah. have a holistic perspective. We are body Sometimes things go wrong with our bodies and, you know, we take an Advil. We are mind. Sometimes we have mental illness. It seems many of the conversations would never consider a spiritual Mm -hmm. thing that Mm -hmm. could possibly be a problem, too. And so what if we had a holistic thought? What if for the headache, maybe we did turn to prayer? God can heal our minds. He can heal our bodies. He can heal our spirits. So as Christians, you know, we believe that we've been given the Holy Spirit as a way to sort of arm ourselves against the enemy and his schemes and you could say demons or spirits that aren't of of God. So can you talk about that a little bit? I confess that even in writing all of this, I didn't suffer any major form of spiritual attack or feelings of illness that I felt were spiritual. And I do believe in a strong pneumatology that God's spirit is genuinely with us. I mean, sometimes that may happen, but I thought as I approached this topic with my mentor, I spent a lot of time praying. Am I really the person to write this kind of project? It could be dark. But the more and more I looked at the passages, the focus is on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus wins every time. He wins the victory. We might be in a little bit of a battle at times. Maybe we feel like you lose the battle here or there. But we know the ultimate outcome for the life of a Christian, the victory, is won. And so trusting in that relationship that we have with God and that the Spirit of God is greater than any other spirit. I want to go in a slightly different direction just because this is kind of fun. Did you, in your research, watch any scary films or documentaries or just as you were researching these themes? I didn't really watch any (laughs) stories. I don't particularly prefer the idea of being entertained. You know, some folks can maybe have a personality that they're more able to do that. I just personally don't like people who like Halloween, people who like scary (laughs) movies, for instance. And they write up these theological reflections about everything they learned in this movie. I am not that person. Yeah. And so I didn't watch anything per se, but I read a lot of interesting stories. And that would be, if I could give a couple of examples, in other places of the world, people become possessed by uh, spirits and do things like eat glass or walk on fire and they're not hurt 
or they have extraordinary strength. So these are some of the characteristics that are cross-cultural. So you think of maybe like this tiny 100-pound woman and she tackles you know, these 300-pound men, and she's able to force past having this extraordinary strength. So those are some of the characteristics that I found in my research that I've never witnessed firsthand, yeah. I would say, and not have not experienced myself, <laughs> right. thankfully. <laughs> Do you think there is any danger to this celebration of fear and the supernatural, especially during this time of year? Like, it's almost like it's romanticized. Do you see some danger in that? I think there's danger in direct participation with any other spirit that is not the spirit of God. And so you think about demon worship, you think about seances or speaking to spirits of the dead, sorcery, participation in sorcery, casting spells, all of these things the biblical text is going to say no to because... Why would you settle with a lesser spirit than the spirit of God who is so much greater? So I'm very curious now. Do you celebrate? You have kids. Do you guys celebrate Halloween? Yeah, we do have one daughter. She just turned seven years uh-huh. old. And we always approach this. And as a Christian mother, I take into account the personality of my child, yes. right? She is a little shy and a very cautious child. And so certainly there would be some celebrations that we might decline. In fact, if there's a lot of gore or terrible imagery. Right. Or and I mean, any parent you would think you would think would have that common sense to you know, haunted house. terrify their child. Yeah. <laughs> so those we probably would be a no yeah. to. But if you think about the origin of Halloween, it actually comes from a day, a holy day called All. Hallows Eve and that's the day before All Saints Day and this is a Christian day meant to celebrate the saints who had gone before they had already died and what's going to happen to them one day is that their bodies will be raised from the dead and their spirits will join the body for everlasting life and so I think about that kind of Christian part of it. And now being a Bible scholar, thinking about these things a lot. Now when I see skeletons, I don't go, oh, that's gross. That's scary. In my mind, think about our Christian background. What will it be like one day when bodies come from grave? The great resurrection day. And so I think about those things. I teach my daughter those things. We talk about those things. And we do dress up. Our town has a really nice event. Our church has a really nice event. And we'll participate in, you know, yeah. it's all about the candy. Right. right? Get all the candy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every, you know, it's the worst time of year. It's like candy from Halloween. And then there's the pie. And then there's the cookies. Yeah. It's like, Woo-hoo! it's a bad time. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah. And so I do think a parent should think honestly and openly and be willing to answer questions. What is this about? What are the roots of this? Eventually, sometimes in the 1500s, this becomes a secularized holiday. Halloween that really has no connection to our spiritual heritage anymore. And so I would say I think about, from a Christian perspective, what this means. You know, we do the same thing for Christmas, too, right? Mm -hmm. Christmas is not just this time to spend a lot of money and give gifts. It's a celebration of Jesus' coming as human into our world. I love that perspective of Halloween and, and all holidays, for that matter. Just talking to your kids, being open, remembering the heritage, remembering what it's actually about, and then just using common sense with not traumatizing your children. (laughs) My kids are the same way. They get so scared and they don't like those things. And I don't either. So a lot of Christians, they would go so far as to say the integration of these things, whether it's Halloween or watching demonic films or listening to certain music could in fact cause possession. (laughs) So can you talk about that fear? Is that 
a legitimate fear? I mean, can Christians become, I'm using air quotes, possessed? Or is there some other thing that's happening here? Yeah, the biblical text actually doesn't have a word for possession. So these are kind of theological terms we often talk about. You know, in our circles, we might say possession is when a spirit dwells in you and can potentially take over your personality, take over your voice. Oppression is often thought of a, a spirit on the outside that's attempting to influence you or cause harm or these kinds of things. The biblical text is demonization, and that comes from the Greek word. The biblical text is actually a little bit less clear about such matters, which might be a little bit frustrating for us. I think when we are rooted and seated in Christ, my sense is that we can't serve two masters. You can't hold the spirit of Christ and another spirit at the same time. And so I resist kind of an idea that a Christian could mistakenly get possessed. Right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I resist a lot of the fear that comes from a belief that, oh, if I accidentally do this or accidentally do that, where I want to be more direct is I don't believe that Christians should be participating and playing with Ouija Mm, boards or doing acts, uh, participating in the occult, participating in kind of a syncretistic way. I'm a little bit Christian, but I also utilize these other things from different religious perspectives because I find them helpful or I just find them entertaining. And I think there a Christian should draw the line. Yeah, well, and sometimes it's more subtle than that. Even it's crystals or it's whatever. There's mm-hmm. a or lot tarot of, cards, right? There's a right. lot of ones that you know are say a little more benign, but really they're it's the same root. Yeah, I think anything that's trying to connect you yes. to another spiritual power, which is what a tarot card or crystals mm-hmm. or and I know some of these things are even becoming popularized again yes, in our environment. Even um, in some Christian circles. And, and even in some, I would consider that a form of syncretism, that you wouldn't use that to connect with any other sort of spirit or spirit of the dead right. or ancestor worship. Our God is one. We worship the one true God and him alone. Well, in closing, Dr. Vaughn, is there anything that surprised you or any takeaways from your research that were fun? <laughs> I, think it's, I think what's fun is because the publication of the book, we've been able to have a lot of conversations about these things on campus. What is spiritual warfare? What does the Bible say about demons and spirits and ghosts? And I think in a Christian school, it's a great place to have conversations like these. I don't think we need to have fear. If I read a book, I'm going to get possessed. <laughs> My greatest takeaway in all of this study is really, I remember going over to Dr. Siemens, a well-known theologian who's done a lot of kind of spiritual warfare work. He said, Joy, when you teach the class, make their Jesus bigger. And I think I see Jesus greater after doing all the research, writing the book. And I hope for my students that they can realize this is not something that you have to be detrimentally crushed by fear to talk about it, but we can be open and honest even with these texts. I love that notion of uh, keeping the focus on Jesus and making him bigger, and then everything else will fall into line. So is there any way that you would encourage students today as we close, like whether it's discipleship or some area of their life, if they they do think they're struggling or, you know, if they are struggling and they're not really sure what the root is, what would you say to them as we close? I think discipleship is a journey. You think about Jesus's disciples walking beside him and, you know, even he helped them with their fishing, right? And so I think being joined in a Christian community with individuals that you trust. A lot of students have come to my office and share experiences Mm -hmm. and ask questions and journey. I don't promise to have all of the answers, but we can resource one another to have good conversations. Is this real spiritual oppression, Dr. Vaughn? 
I don't know, let's talk about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the scriptures together. Let's think about your medical history, your physical history. What kind of things could be at play here? Are you physically ill? We don't want to overlook that. Mm-hmm. As Are well you sleeping as we, enough? Or, yeah, yeah, as well as we don't want to look over if you're spiritually unwell. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's such great encouragement. Where can people find your book? You can buy my book at Baylor University Press's website. Again, the title is Phenomenal Phenomena, Biblical and Multicultural Accounts of Spirits and Exorcism. Awesome. I can't wait to read it. It sounds fascinating. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of This is Asbury. To learn more about Asbury University, visit asbury.edu. 